I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back, sports reporters. We have indeed reassembled after a few weeks away. I went back home to Atlanta, uh, this, that, and the other, and I didn't get to talk to two of my favorite people on the interwebs up there in Detroit, Michigan, Andrew Hammond, because uh, Bob put his hands up because I think Bob thought he was going to go first. Andrew Hammond, other Detroit Free Press. Andrew, good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, sir? I am good. Is that a real McCafe or is that a cup that you're using? That's that you a real drink? McCafe. Real okay, you went to McDonald's this morning. Uh, I like it. Two creams, two sugars, and a shot of espresso. So you know. I didn't even know McDonald's had espresso. Yeah, well, I did DoorDash because um, okay. it is. Uh, just guess the uh, guess how cold it is up here right now. Just, Too cold to leave the house. Uh, you're damn right. Um, <laughs> it is currently. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. It is. Um, it's not coming up. It's 22 degrees outside. Oh, no. The sun is out, mm-hmm. so the sun's basically just going like this. Like, dude, I'm I'm here, but I I can't work today. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, so kind of like me right before I uh did a quiet quit at Target. Uh, like 15 years. <laughs> there you go. I'm here, but like physically, I'm here. Mentally and emotionally, I am not. I have quite quit at so many jobs in my life. I tried to get fired the last month of Chili's when I was a host, when I was in uh, like one summer uh, when I was back home from college. Like, I tried to get fired. I was like, I wonder what it would take for me to get fired from Chili's because I'm like, I'm getting ready to go to school and I just wanted to see what it would take for me to get fired. And like, it, you would be surprised, but you can't. If you show oh, up, they're t- not going to fire you. If you are there, the, you're telling me at the food a food service industry place mm. because we all know they are known for their pristine service. Mm. Is like, hey, you screwed this up multiple times. Mm. Go try it again. I just told them I'm not rolling silverware. Like it's just not. I'm not feeling like rolling silverware today. And they were just I'm like, not rolling okay. silverware. Screw yeah. this. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like, all right, we'll see you tomorrow, but I, you can't do that. <laughs> they were just like, they were like you sick bastard. Yeah, You're going like, to work here forever. I solved it. It was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. And then yeah, it was it was, a, it was a fun time. This was back when I was listening to like, uh, God, I, I'm going to date myself, but like I would come in early and would have um, you know Mike and Mike playing on my phone. Like I'm just like oh. Mike and Mike is just on my phone and I'm listening. I'm catching up to the more like I would listen to it. My grandfather got me into it. My grandfather loved Mike and Mike. He was the biggest. My late grandfather was the biggest Mike and Mike guy where he would ask me. He's like, do you hear what 
do you hear what they said at Mike and Mike this morning? Like he was the only one. He kept me in the loop on that as I got older, but that's how he would start his day every day. And he loved it. He loved him some Mike and Mike. Um, but up there in New York City. New York City. It's, I win. I win the contest. It's, okay. it's only 15 degrees. Oh, I'm surprised it's colder in New York than Detroit right now. It yeah. is really cold. It was freezing. It was down to 10 last night or five or something obscene Ooh. like that. Um, well, I've, very cold. I've, I've, I've kind of noticed that being here in Detroit that like we kind of get that first wave of like stuff that comes from Canada and then kind of swoops to the east, mm. and then it'll go like through the Pennsylvanias. If it's strong enough, it'll go through Pennsylvania, then it'll hit New York, and then just kind of goes away. So I've noticed that like a few times with some severe weather, like if a, if a weather system is powerful enough, that's what it will do every time. So it's just kind of like, yeah, Bob, you got the cold that we had uh, the last few days, but uh, I was not in Detroit, so um, but we'll talk about that after the pod. Nice. Oh, subtle! I like it. This it, it sounds like a good reason for not being in Detroit, Bob or Andrew. Bingo! That's, that's what we like to hear. That is what we like to hear on this program, and what we like to hear as well is Kyrie Irving back in the NBA news, back in the wow. take circuit. What a segue! Shocker. <laughs> Shocker, Kyrie Irving. My goodness. Who would have thought that this sweet, docile, completely normal human being has mm-hmm. decided, you know what? I think I want to wear another jersey. And no, it's not going to be another City Connect jersey for the Nets. It's not even <laughs> I want to wear another jersey. I want to get a long-term... I want that team who I get traded to to give me a long-term contract as a part of the trade because ultimately, that is a, what I would like to do. a consummate professional for a good six weeks. I don't mm-hmm. know what more you guys want. So he <laughs> is a millennial. So he, he is the perfect millennial in the workplace. Yeah, he's... Look... He doesn't want to work at Target anymore. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he, he'll, he'll never mind. I'll uh, never mind. I'll, I'll talk about that uh, after after the show. Don't get but, fired from Target all over again, Andrew. No, 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 no. It's uh, it's 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 Target adjacent, but it's funny. Okay. But I'll talk about it after the show. Um, I so a little blue. I was, yes, uh, and not just the hoodie. Um, So (laughs) when I saw the news, I was actually on a flight. Mm. Uh, And so I see the news when I get off the plane, and I'm just like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing this again? I just, I, I don't get it. Like, it's, it's, he's, he is, and I hate saying that NBA players are spoiled and crybabies. I, I, I have, a, I have a, yeah, go for this. That. I got a take on the NBA's empowerment I, era. I, I hate doing this because but. most of the time they are not. They really aren't. Their grievances are relevant. But Kyrie, there you is. literally did this. Six months, six weeks ago. And, Why? And he also did it in uh, last year. Some other places also. I don't know. If he you did remember. it in Boston. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I remember the Boston episode. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy 
who or I'm, the, I'm the person and in the club Cleveland. that says, also, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the guy in the club that's screaming, don't date him, girl. He is trash. Don't do it. Like, that's that's me with Kyrie <laughs> and all. Because... Someone had a good analogy, I think, on Twitter, or maybe it wasn't on Twitter. I don't know. I remember, don't seeing it, like, with the girlfriend thing, where it's like, Kyrie's that the guy, the Kyrie, the, the equivalent in, like, a relationship is, like, that person who you're walking on eggshell like it's just you know it's just going to combust at some point you're like i'm in this relationship like they're really cool i guess or like really good looking and you're just like i can make it work and everyone around you's like you get are, are you joking like another blow up's coming like you're not out of the weeds here you're never out of the weeds dating Is this person line, i can fix him Is yes. that what you're suggesting Yes, that's oh, what's no. happening here. Yeah. Oh no. Or I can fix her. Yes. It's either way. Mm-hmm. I can fix no. Them. Here's here's my theory, and this has been my theory since Kyrie effed around and found out in Boston that he cannot do it himself. Mm. When he kind of like, like people forget, like he kind of sort of admitted, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have bolted from Cleveland as soon. It, like I shouldn't have done was that. There a moment, Andrew, you're as as the the big time Celtics fan on this pod. Was there yes. was there a point? I forget exactly when when Kyrie got very publicly mad at the Jalen's at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and and basically and and, and oh he, oh, oh he called the out the. the they, and he was like, the kids, the kids on this team don't know what it means to be a real winner. Was that? Yeah. Was that was, I'm not making that up in my head. Am no, I? no, 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 no. He he actually said that, and it stemmed from because he transitioned that into man, pretty much all but admitting, yeah, I probably shouldn't have given everybody in Cleveland the finger on the way out. Like that's basically what he alluded to from that moment um and yeah he's trying he's trying to get that old thing back with lebron because he knows he screwed that up um a little bit yeah so it's just kind of like well i don't know if this so i saw this report it was uh it might have been sporting news or something they put a, a graphic on uh on social media saying that yeah Kyrie has requested a trade, but everybody's calling the Nets about Kevin Durant. Mm. I thought that that was, was a, there, that was a I think that was a Woj tweet. That was a Woj okay. tweet. Okay, because yeah, I remember seeing it from Woj, it was about an hour after the original trade demand story got dropped, and then yeah, because every GM got the notification on their phone. They're like, "Oh, Kevin, uh oh, Kevin's back on the market." Because if Kyrie's gone, then that means Kevin's over, open for business. There we go. It's like, let me look at the merchandise. Do I want a Kyrie or do I want a Kevin? Give me a Kevin. Are you um, are you imitating that sort of the the, the sort of weaselly looking, very hook nosed traitor character from the from the the first Star Wars from from the first the first the, the prequel Star Wars? Is that who yes, we're imitating there? Yes. yes. Okay, that's fine. Um, sure. But 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 also yeah. Hold on. What does this mean, by the way, guys? There is a huge hawk that just flew up on a branch right above my backyard window, and he's like shaking his. Is Kyrie going to be a hawk? Is that what no, we're? That's is that what we're looking at? Straight, yeah, straight, yeah, straight up for Trey Young. Yeah, that's said, no, no, that's that's, oh that's Trey Young saying, "Please let me go." Uh, 
Am I a monster uh, for considering Kyrie for Trey? Am I a, am I no, a monster? No, but <laughs> what, if, what if they sweeten the pot by saying, okay, give us uh, throw in John Collins and we'll give you uh, Cam Thomas. Yeah, some good role Joe, players. Or Joe, um, Joe Harris. Royce McNeil, Royce O'Neal, and, mm. and surprise. I'm, uh, like, I re- and I really hate that the Lakers have a, mm. like, it's not the best deal. What is their deal, though? Westbrook and the Westbrook, two unprotected firsts? Yeah, there's a Hollinger story this morning. It was It's Westbrook, the two firsts, and I think they get Max uh, Christie. Yeah, like I saw, I saw Max Christie in one, and Joe then I Harris saw Harris gets thrown into the trade. Yeah. Uh, why does LA? Ernie, like, why does Brooklyn do that with LA? They can get a. I mean, why? And they? Well, the only other shit that anyone's talking about that makes sense to me is is doing a pretty much a one for one of of Kyrie for Chris Paul. If the goal is to remain in contention with Kevin Durant, but I feel like Chris Paul would be pissed about that. Very Chris, possibly. Or is Chris yeah. Paul pissed at everybody? Also, hold on. The Devin leadership Booker vacuum. Oh, my God. We need that. A leadership trio a leadership of vacuum. Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Ayton. Mm. They could Chef's kiss. That's what we need. That is a leadership There's, triumvirate. It's, the, the Kyrie trade is basically a desperationometer for the rest of yeah. the NBA. How desperate are you that you're willing to give something up for Kyrie? Yeah. That's the question. I would say, you know, I mean, the Lakers look, make sense. They've already they're in there. You're kind of screwed no matter what after LeBron leaves. You're kind of held hostage by the LeBron situation. You don't have any pick young players anymore I, worth building around. Trade I him, would just, trade him. Look, here's an option: trade him to Minnesota straight up for Gobert and Rudy Gobert's terrible contract. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time mm-hmm. out, time out. Uh, maybe get to D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> oh, tw- tw- twenty seconds, twenty seconds, twenty second time out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bob. I'm in the middle of a play. You don't have possession. You're calling timeout. That's I know. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out. Wait, wait. Are you talking Gobert for Gobert? I'm talking a Gobert D'Angelo Russell package for Kyrie, Kyrie. and Oh, I, when you said LeBron, I was like, hold on, what the? No, no, no. I said Gobert. I said Rudy Gobert's terrible contract. I, I mean, you know how much he's getting paid in a couple of years? Oh. We know it's sixty-two million. <laughs> Minnesota's like, oh god, oh geez, sixty-two million. Oh, god. Speaking so of like, Glenn Ta- Taylor, please sell the team to a richer man. Uh, they got the money. It's fine. It's not a money thing. It's just Rudy Gobert clogging up sixty-two million dollars of your cap sheet is probably less and, than and, and, and ruining the entire like the spoke of the wheel. Like he is the one spoke it that was, just ruined the was... wheel of the NBA summer, and everybody kind of sort of hates him anyway. It was a it was a bad trade for Minnesota. I mean, it wasn't. We talked about this when it went down. It was really interesting, and so far, it's not working at all. Well, it's working better without um, Cat. Like Cal. it doesn't work with Cat. Well, He's okay. No, 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 it's actually. I, I'm sorry. It's not Gobert. Gobert's contract caps out at 50 million. It's Towns's contract that gets up to 60 million in a couple mm. of years. Like they're spending 110 million on two guys who can't really play together. That's the issue. And who don't have the grapefruits to and, uh, and Gobert appears to have fallen off. At least I don't think so. Look at Gobert. He's at, when he's on the floor this year for Minnesota, 128 offensive rating, 109 defensive rating. I think that's one of the best defensive ratings on their team. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think he's. I think he's fine without Towns. You just can't play him with Towns. Which is which is kind of funny that like you couldn't. The one reason we made this trade, it actually doesn't work when we put it on the floor. Mm -hmm. That is the most NBA thing possible. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, yesterday Bill Simmons had a uh, posted a new giant mega trade value blog, the mm-hmm. eight thousand word or nine thousand word blog that he used to run. Oh, is that a blog? I don't know. Everything's a blog. The article, but it is he, an article. So he wrote. Okay, he did. I, he okay. wrote words. He wrote nine thousand of them, probably. Oh my goodness! There okay. was a Boogie Nights reference. That doesn't sound like him. Who, it was. Who was the reference? Was it Bill? Uh, I don't remember. What was it? <laughs> I forget oh, what the Boogie Nights reference was. There was a Boogie Nights reference. Bob, we're 15 I, minutes I, into I, the I show, by the way, and you haven't. Yeah. and nostalgic. Uh-huh. You have a Bill Simmons trade value column that used to good. be. That was a a highlight, look forward to type thing in the early days of the Obama administration. That was fun. <laughs> it's still a fun column. It's fun to read. He writes it well. I mean, his, you know, it's still the same column that it was 15 years ago, but it's fun and it's well written. And he was sort of self-referential about like the fact that he's going to throw in Baywatch references and things. And there was a hint of self-awareness in there. And so uh, kudos to him for actually writing something. And, and it was fun to read. And speaking of which, I think yeah, he 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 discussed uh, the Rudy Gobert trade for Minnesota as being one of the, I think, pantheon worst trades in NBA history. Not just because of what it cost Minnesota in terms of like draft picks and 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 managing their future cap situation, but because of the ridiculous standard that we're getting for all these proposed trades, where suddenly OG Ananobi is worth three per first. Well, round we're going to talk about your Knicks offering three first round picks for OG. Protect Ananobi. Protect them. Protect Either them. way. Um, the thing on Kyrie too with the Nets, and this is kind of insane to think about. Alex Sturm tweeted this: Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden have all now requested trades from the Brooklyn Nets in the past thirteen months. I think That's top-notch stuff. Sixteen games together. That it's almost like the Brooklyn Nets were a bad idea to begin with. I said this on this franchise. I said this on this podcast. The Brooklyn Nets are. A gentrification scheme and a branding exercise. Yeah, they're not an and actual. It stinks. <laughs> I have a couple of people thank in media. Thank, thank, thank you for letting podcast. me get up, get off the critic reference. They're they're the, the who are actual legit Brooklyn Nets fans, mm. and I feel a little bit bad for them. But it's a little weird for me to be the fan of the slightly more stable and seemingly well-run basketball team on, on a week when we're not a week away from the owner talking about the need to use facial recognition technology and then ranting about like immigrants and the homeless in a couple of random. I was going to say, Bob, you kind of sound like Nets fans when they're like, we can, I think we're contending. I think the Kyrie stuff's behind Uh, us. I think um, we're, we're good. This is where Bob is with ownership. Daring the fates to. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You can, you cannot go there. You cannot say that you're the more stable franchise. Okay. That's like saying, that's like saying that you were the ugliest person in the ugly person contest. No, okay. we're saying the prettiest person in the other. No, no, mm. no. There's nothing pretty about basketball in New York City, okay? It's Wow. It stinks. It's terrible. Did you hear that okay, Kenny Anderson? Stephon Marbury? 
No, no, they're great. They're they're great. I love them. I, I Chris love, Mullen. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, a great a great place for ballers. But the Knits, the 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 Nets, the Knicks. You might as well call them the Knits. I was gonna say the Knits is like, let's do that. Let's do the Knits. Let's just let, let's just pair trash and trash together, and boom. Mm. Um, and no, I, I'm. It honestly, it makes me upset. Mm. About the state of ba- of pro basketball in New York, like oh yes, the the Nets and the Knicks should be you. This is concern trolling. Be, but I'll allow it. Huh? <laughs> Would you say this is concern trolling coming from the Celtics fan? No, 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 no I, it's not even concern trolling as a Celtics fan. It's it's concerned. It's, no, it's no, 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 I'm not going to revel in your misery and dysfunction. I, I'm My focus really is on the long-term health and future of the National Basketball Association, which clearly benefits when the New York teams are good. It provides more media. It gets more people excited. It's the largest media market in the country. So, no, I am not going to, say, engage in any schadenfreude and delight in your suffering New York I basketball fan, said the Celtics fan. Go ahead. Here's saying. the thing. After a while, the enjoying oh, the yeah, no, I'm bored by your misery. I find it pity. I am. I am bored by it because you've been sitting in I don't filth and crap I, for 25 years, and it's uh, just like we have. Oh, we well, we are. Hey, yeah. Remember that. Remember that night in Madison Square Garden where Jeremy Lin went off. That yeah, two weeks of Jeremy well. Lin, it was great. If that is your hope and that is your beacon and your shining light of the last 25 years, please look yourself in the mirror and realize that you are the problem. And then, of course, gentrification, you know, in an arena. Congratulations, Brooklyn. Oh, by the way, I want to thank Brooklyn for uh, essentially opening the door to the Celtics to the next Celtics contention run because they wanted to get all of the old Celtics players. Okay. Oh, like this okay. is We're going back to the Kevin Durant trade now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You mean, well, you mean okay. Kevin Garnett? Yeah, yeah, the Kevin Garnett yeah. trade. I mean, I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's hilarious. But, hey, you know, Jay-Z did, you know, Jay-Z did concerts at Barclays Arena, yeah, or Barclays okay. Center, let's not whatever. Get, let's not bring Hove into this. This is not his problem. I like Jay-Z. <laughs> I don't like that he's married to Beyonce because I should be married to Beyonce, but that's another thing. Um, Also, have you guys seen the picture of Beyonce um, with the Renaissance tour photo? Fantastic. Anyway, basketball, pro basketball in New York. How old is she now? Doesn't matter. Uh, She's she's older than timeless chase. You don't ask. Oh, she's only 41. I would have guessed older. Still would. Anyway, um, I, I just I look at pro basketball in New York, and it's just and even is this just as a basketball fan? Mm-hmm. Like the fans of New York City, you know, basketball teams, the fans of metropolitan areas, the the the, the growth and structure of cities crowd. Yes, go ahead. I but but you know, like here's the thing: they're obnoxious, but they care. And that's all care. you want. And you, you just want a halfway decent product. Look, but you if don't the Knicks are ever actually decent. legitimately a contender again, speaking for New York's basketball fans, we are going to be insufferable. I, but here's the thing. You guys are, are insufferable. Going to, we are going to make all of those 
Okay, uh, Pop has watched Red way Sox too much Quentin Grimes highlights of late. He's just like, we've got our stretch, we got our two guard, uh, we got our Courtney but, Lee. But, but Bob is right though, because if you look at like how insufferable New York fans are when they actually win a game of team against a team that's actually halfway decent or albeit good, they're insufferable. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. Also, yeah, we are good. We are going to make Ben, ben Affleck look like a reluctant shy fan in comparison. Like, we're well, what's be, Ben Stiller going to be? Is he going to top 2004 Affleck? In terms what about of Ben Stiller? What? What about Ben Stiller? He's an active fan on Twitter. He probably listens he does. to this he podcast. A lot. Ben Stiller yeah. interacts with like New York Knicks blog, like yeah. random New York Knicks blogs, and he and read Knickerblogger. Like, I remember that. Like that was something that like yeah. years ago he tweeted. Like he, I, I swear he tweeted a link or something. He was. Yeah, he, I, I'm pretty sure he did. He tweeted yes. links out to Knickerblogger. Yes. Blog. I, I remember that years ago, back when Twitter was a good just, place. Uh, it, it's 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 just very disappointing that things are so bad. Where mm. it's like, if you're Brooklyn, you've essentially after the whole you know the Garnett deal and all that didn't work, you kind of had to go through the wilderness. Then you built yourself back up, and then it, it feels like you're going back to square one. And it's just kind of like, okay, what? What are we doing here? What was the, what was the alternative? Look, they did they followed the McKinseyified how to build a professional basket a state a good professional basketball team model. They did that. They stripped the team down to the studs after the Garnett Pierce trade. Yeah. They they put in a developmental front office and coaching staff. They got a bunch of they got, you know, picked guys off the scrap heap like Spencer Didwitty, Karis Laverd. Jared Allen was a late first round pick. They built those guys into valuable rotation pieces. And when superstars came on the market, they wanted to play there. They literally, that's like, they it's like they were reading Daryl Morey's diary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. So Thank you. Thank you for congratulations that. Congratulations to that. Like there are there are the number of here's the number of GMs who would have said, no, we're gonna go a different way when Durant and Irving showed up on their doors a package deal and said, we'd like to play for your team. Please. The answer is zero. Zero teams would have said no. Did it fail? Yes. It doesn't like, I don't, I, there, unless you want to say from the beginning, they should have tried to constrain some of Garnett and, and Irving's basketball team building in like uh, impulses because they did, they would, because dealing the farm, I think, by the way, Brooklyn owes the next five first round draft picks to Houston in the Harden trade. It like three are straight up. You get our pick and two are swaps, but the great idea idiots five. And they got a couple of them back in the Simmons trade, but not all of them. Uh, but the next five draft picks basically belong to uh, uh, Rafael Stone. Can I? Can I? Can I just be the next? Belong to Tillman for TD. So congratulations for that. They can hopefully I just won't be get the next more. GM of either the Knicks or the Nets because I did a great job, essentially getting LeBron to New York in NBA 2K10, mm-hmm. and yeah. we won yeah. three straight NBA titles. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get Joe Sai on the blower and slide your resume. Awesome, awesome. No problem. Because I'm sorry, some of the deals that I see, and I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. So okay, the reason I brought up the Bill Simmons trade value column is because mm. there is an let's call it an undercurrent pulsing through this, which is very Simmonsian. 
Is this back to your original point about the player empowerment? Yes. Okay. Which is that, well, there are a couple of things. One, the player empowerment era is really just the superstar empowerment era. It meant that the guys at the very tippy top of the food chain get to have a little bit more influence in team building than they, or a lot, depending on the franchise, than they used to yeah. two years ago or 15 years ago. And the, 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 the low-key implication by Simmons, and I think a lot of people on the internet, so not just to dump on Bill, is that, the, is that this has been a bad idea, that it's led to things like the way that Durant and Irving have hijacked the Nets, the way that uh, another example that he brings up in the blog is that maybe it wasn't a good idea to let Kawhi Leonard insist to the Not LA Clippers that they had to pay up for his friend Paul George or else. And now Oklahoma City has, I think, again, every single Clipper draft pick from now until the, the, we collapse into a fiery heap. And that they forked over Shy Gilgis Alexander in that same trade, which, by the way, ha 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 ha, you guys gave up too much for Paul, for for playoff B. Um, but the implication is. It's a real implication that, well, he never says it outright, but that some of the worst traits have been a result of letting a superstar dictate the contours of your franchise, which, sure, they've been bad. Of course, in that same blog, he also calls the Rudy Gobert trade one of possibly the worst trades in NBA history, which I don't think was... Like, that didn't happen because Anthony Edwards was clamoring for them to build their own Twin Towers or anything like that. I really hate that I agree with Bill Simmons on a column. I don't – I think it, I think it's a little – I think there's an – I think it's a little bit short-sighted to say that the player, player empowerment era, however you want to define it, has led to worse team-building strategies than those that have been employed for the entire history of the NBA, especially in a column where he mentions – a trade that it would be considered the worst in league history. That was certainly conducted by a guy in a half zip fleece and some comfortable dockers and not an actual NBA player. I so, would I would argue that maybe like I'm all for player empowerment and all of that, but maybe it's you know how Twitter and, and we're all we're all on social media and we all see how like what dictates being a superstar? Like we went through that debate, like what five, ten years ago. It happens every day. Go on. Yeah, and it's like we need to deb- we need to like recognize. Okay, should you be making that move? Like, should you be advocating for this or that? Because it's like, what if we say no? What are you going to do? Are you going to go back to the team that? you complain to the entire time or are you going to essentially fleece another team? Like I'm, I'm sorry. Some of these guys in the NBA have me agreeing with the owners and the system and I hate it because some of these guys really don't, they really aren't worth it. Like, are you worth moving heaven and earth over? Are you? No. 
We're also at the point where um, we have a uniform monstrosity, and that's part of the uh, the LeBron. I'm blaming LeBron for this. LeBron has ruined the Lakers uniforms. Like I'm watching Lakers yeah, Knicks the other Nike. night. They, they, they that was not, that's, that's Nike being Nike. That's Nike being. I can't Nike. do it. Like they were wearing these all whites with this like light blue lettering, and I'm like, is this Lakers Knicks? So, what am I bro, looking so, at? So, that's, well, a hold on, hold that's a on, Minneapolis Chase. Lakers throwback. Yeah, terrible. That's, that's, terrible. That's, that's the Minneapolis Lakers. And this is like this is, a, this is a this is a Miles Brown take that you're co-opting inadvertently. Okay. He that believed, is a name I have not heard in a long time. Is Miles yeah. Brown still on Twitter.com? Yep. Yep. Miles Brown was a OG Timberwolves guy. Yeah. Yep. Way back in the day. Yep. No, we have a uniform problem. That's a player empowerment. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm putting this not, in the conversation. Not, I'm putting Nike. it in the pot. It's no, going in that's, the pot. That's, that's no, Nike that is not the like, players hey, clamoring. You guys like jerseys? That is entirely yeah. We're going to sell the shit out of merch. I can't that stand it. I cannot brand. stand it. Like, it drives me up it's, the wall okay, when I'm okay, watching League Pass. Question. What is worse? The NBA's... Nike-fication or Nike Nike-ing all over the NBA or Nike Nike-ing all over Major League Baseball. Oh, NBA for sure. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but every team this year Major League Baseball is getting a City Connect uniform. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and oh, you cannot I have any more than four uniforms. The Seattle Mariners had to dump their road grays because you cannot have any more than four official uniforms. Yeah. Oh no! Let so me look at this. Oh, no, no. I'm as a uniform dork. I gotta, I gotta jump in here. <laughs> it is, it is not the fault of the players that. that oh my that god, NBA, these are terrible. <laughs> it is not the fault of the NBA that that. Oh, I haven't seen the Seattle Mariners. Wait, oh um, my God, Space City, the Colorado one. Oh no, <laughs> no. See, see, yeah, see, Chase Brew Crew. Okay, that's actually kind of badass. What is this yeah. Washington gray? Yeah, that's the that's Boston's the... wearing yellow. Oh, okay, it's so been wearing yellow that... for like three years, man. Yeah, yeah. Where have you been? Those when are do the they wear yellow? I don't remember any of this yellow stuff. Yeah, those are the yeah, those are the Boston uniforms. They look yeah. like the oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, look, anyway, the miles, the point that miles Wrigleyville, terrible. Whatever, whatever teams are gaining in terms of immediate dollars from increased merch sales, ultimately is less valuable than developing a clear brand identity that fans have an emotional attachment to over a period of time. Like the Golden State Warriors when they won the title last year. Mm. We're wearing, I for, I don't know if it was the city uniform. I don't know if it was the earned uniform. I forget. I don't know if it was the. Well, yeah. If you make the playoffs, uniform. if you make the playoffs, you get an additional uniform. Yes, you get an earned edition. They were wearing, is, I think, the mixtape mashup uniforms from oh. last year, which have been dumped this year. The, they're they're pretty much just black and yellow. The mm-hmm. ones the Warriors won the title against the Celtics in, but that uniform is now gone. So whatever memories a Warriors fan might have of that particular team it's being gone. connected to this uniform that just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And so the point is what that, yeah, maybe people are going to buy a couple of these, but they don't really care about them. So they don't keep getting them over time. It's not, a, there's no real customer, like emotional attachment between the customer and the product. 
So ultimately, it's going to be less effective as a marketing tool. It's short-sighted. It's short-sighted in terms of profits over a like sustainable uh, uh, financial model. And so that's and so what he says is you have one home, one road. The home is always white. There's no wearing like colored uniforms at home. Yeah, and you get one throwback type or yeah. alternate or whatever you want it to be, but you get one. I mean, the NFL actually smartly does this. There's a rule. Yeah, they, the they're really, yeah, they're, they're harsh. You cannot that. alter your team's design for five years. Yeah. And why? Because you, whatever, look, maybe the team is awful during that five-year stretch and you want to then change it up. Cool. But you can't just keep wearing something different every year because over time, it diminishes that core emotional connection which is why people care about these things at all to begin with and yeah. i think that makes a lot of sense to me it's just too many uniforms and having to change them every year for the nba means you're going to get bad designs but yeah but also, and not bad designs that are interesting and creative just well okay last year we went from navy blue to royal blue so we'll change that back to royal blue the jazz now. are just stuck with bad uniforms and well, for five years. But, but also, you have to look at, like, so one thing that I've kind of noticed, like, watching, like, youth baseball, youth football, youth uh, youth sports in general, they've kind of adopted the whole we're going to wear wacky uniforms and all of that, which it's fine. It's whatever. But Nike He's not mad. that. Nike is seeing that, and they're like, oh, hey, guess what, kids? The pros can do it, too. Mm. And it's just like, no. No, like, some of these designs are oh, cool. I can't wait to be the coach here, but in the future, Chase, Little League coach, where I'm like, get that out of here. We're not wearing that. What are you doing? What that's out of, What is that? Chase is going to be sitting there demanding that his basketball players wear belted shorts and things. Yes. Oh, gosh. They're going to be, yeah, four passes before you take a shot. <laughs> That's right, Coach Dale. Let him know. <laughs> oh, shout out to Gene Hackman. I think he had like a birthday a few weeks ago. He did. Uh, he quit. I think his last movie. He quit acting a good decade and like plus ago. And his last movie was some terrible thing with like Ray Romano vehicle called Welcome to Mooseport. Oh yeah, that was the, last... that was the movie where uh, Ray Ray Romano is like. The town councilman, he runs for mayor. And he runs for mayor. Like, oh, Gene Hackman, I think, is an ex president. Ex -president. Yeah. yeah, it's. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't. I, 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 I have gained it. the knowledge of this plot. I don't know. But that was Gene Hackman's last acting role. People were like, well, Gene Hackman's awesome and beloved. Why doesn't he come back in some, you know. Uh, I've got money. There. I don't need this. He's like, yeah, no. He's like, I'm done. I did it. Works like I punched out. Did and Harrison Ford's like, do you have yeah, another Yellowstone project? Done. All right, sign me up. No, like Harrison, Harrison Ford's just Harrison, in 1923, which is still mind-boggling to me that he is this Harrison, Harrison Ford. I, I, Harrison Ford deciding he needs to be in in every. He needs to make a sixth Indiana Jones movie yeah. now. It's, Look, him, he's got it's him and Tom Cruise are just like college. And isn't Harrison Ford? He's not doing all of his own stunts, but he's doing like more than a man of his age should be doing. The thing that's hilarious to me about that is that the basic appeal of Harrison Ford's persona was always him coming across as if 
he really would rather not be acting in any more movies. <laughs> I find this whole experience to be and he's bought, and, 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 and he's and he's understood one. people have bought into the gimmick, and he's like, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, you think I I don't care? Oh yeah, I'm gonna he show you. I walk care. through at least a couple of Stars Warses and and uh, like Harrison Ford not really caring. That's his whole jam. But now, now he's, 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 now he's, he's, spinning the he's putting Thunderbolt Ross in a Marvel movie for F's sake. I'm still trying to figure out how that is going to. Is he gonna? I wonder if they're gonna give him the mustache. The, the they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna Dick York, Dick Sargent it. They're gonna be like, "Here's your Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, Turn into a Red Hulk now, please." It's gonna work. It's gonna work. But yeah, I yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get a Red Hulk. We're getting a Planet. Oh, Hulk. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Red Hulk. Are we? What is that? Oh, Jeez, it's happening. watch She Hulk. Watch. Clearly, Watch someone you. doesn't read CBR.com to get the latest Nerd. gossip about, definitely the, not. about Mark Ruffalo's expressed desire to be in a new solo Hulk movie around the planet Hulk. Well, I mean, because, he, he, well, Bob, you have to remember, he's watching Matlock. So clearly the priorities are Matlock, uh, Andy Griffith, uh, the Atlanta Braves, all of Atlanta sports because he has Atlanta sports hat, and then like somewhere around five hundred eighty-five is Marvel comic movie uh, theories. Yeah, I I haven't I, I you know I've, I the only Marvel movie that I saw in theaters that I that actually said oh that I want to see this this looks fun was was Ragnarok. That yeah. one was, that was fun. That one was fun to watch in theaters, but they're just something that comes on. Eventually, history. I think we're going to see. I know. Watching twenty-minute installments while while I fall asleep, like the new, like the new Black Panther, which I'm watching in twenty-minute installments while I fall asleep. It's really. So are you just picking up? Like you're just starting back over. Like you're just gradually each night getting closer and closer to finishing it in twenty. Yes, That's I know. Amazing. I'm not going to spend a good two and a half hours. Movie should up. My wife should do that because she falls asleep in every movie she recommends us watch, and she's. I, it's a fellas. Let me tell you. Chase, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob's falling asleep during uh, Black Panther during Black History Month. Oh, yeah. I just, oh. I just, I, just I, I, I feel like we needed to address that. Go on, Chase. Sorry, I apologize <laughs> for doing <laughs> I just wanted to see the reaction. And you know what? I love how Bob's reaction is just like, yeah, Andrew, I'm not falling for this trap. No, no, nope. go away. Kick rocks. That's bait. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh my like god! Like when, when I act out memes, mm. when I act out the Fury Road. Yes, that's bait. That's bait. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, uh, a tragedy as I tried to do. I tried to bring a meme to real life the other day, and I was like, I'm too ooh. old with my wife. Where I did the hand behind, I, I put it in front of my wife, and I was like, Hold on, let him cook. And she was like, What are you wow. talking about? Wow. And I, wow. no, yeah, don't do that to the wife, dude. Don't do that to the wife. <laughs> That's not appropriate, Chase. Did it not yeah. work? It did not work. She didn't know the meme, so it didn't work. It didn't land. Yeah, that's when it makes you feel. That's when everyone thinks, "What is this incel shut-in talking about?" (laughs) Jesus! 
shut in my god um bob's it, still like, reeling from that andrew take uh from 30 seconds ago on no, bob, no, no, bob's no, sleep. literally it's like really, it's like, I, it's I, like I, gretzky I, behind the I, net I, just mm. just bob bob is like gretzky behind the net just a master at work he is mm. playing three level chess i'm in my office right now oh god that is just beautiful bob i Thank you. Anyway, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. I don't know how we got here, but what's on the list? I didn't look at it, but that doesn't sound like Bob. Hey, Bob, are they are the Knicks offering three first for OG? Do you think they they, they make a trade? Do they go I, for I, OG? According to all the things I've read on the internet, mm. um, at they, what the offer they started talking about OG Ananobi early this year when they were when the Knicks were when the Knicks got mired in a five game losing streak or possibly before they went on an eight game winning streak. It's been a streaky year. Um, but there was the three protected picks that they have from Washington, Milwaukee, and Detroit. That was mm. the three first that they offered. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the, one of those picks became one of their unprotected ones. It's. It would require a lot of heavy lifting, but uh, I are you okay with it? Does it make sense to give up multiple? Like, is OG and Obi really good? If wasn't Tom Thibodeau, it makes sense. Mm. If you could figure out a coach who could who would be willing to play OG at the backup four, sometimes an occasion with Randall at at center, and really mix and match the good the three plus defenders that they have, the plus wing defenders being Ananobi, Quickly, and Grimes. Mm. They really, really deployed them in in a creative way. Yeah, it might. Uh, I I don't think it's going to happen to New York. I don't think they're going to trade for him. Like, what's the best five? If you trade for OG, like, what's the plan? What's the best five there? Well, assuming that that RJ Barrett isn't in the package because the base year compensation rules regarding his contract are too complex and annoying to deal with in a a midseason trade. Mm-hmm. Then you're probably bringing Grimes off the bench, and you're starting Brunson, Barrett, Ananobi, Randall, and Robinson and Healthy, or whichever big that they've got. That's not enough shooting. No, no, not really. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like that lineup. Like a Thirty-six percent three-point shooter, so he's. You don't want to leave him wide. You're not going to ignore him on the perimeter, but it's not someone who you who's got the kind of gravity where defenders are going to go hurtling towards him if the ball swing around the perimeter. Uh, I don't think so. Like I would do if it were possible cap wise, a Barrett and an OB deal of some kind. Would you, yeah. is Barrett better than OG? I the beholder, man. I don't know. Uh, look, I don't I, like, I'm not certain that OG's better than Barrett. I think I'd keep it. RJ. Did, OG's more of a what if. Like, you know exactly what you have in RJ Barrett. I think no, I think point. it's the other way around. I think you know oh. that baseline with OG and Anobi, you're getting an, a, a, a guy who can guard one through four at a minimum mm. and will stretch the floor and a really good team and on ball defender. And there is hope that maybe there is some secondary offensive, you know, shot creating skills waiting to be unlocked for Ananobi. And if so, you've mm. got to really, like, similar to where. You know, uh, like Siakam was a few years ago before he started breaking out. He is 25 already, so eh. 
but you know that if nothing else, you're getting a very, you're getting a really good wing guy who can cover both big wings like the Jason Tatum types and, and a guy who can hang with, you know, six, five regular shooting guard, small forward type wings. So you, you, that's his value. And I think on the right team, that's a very valuable piece. Oh, Bob, I got a great Knicks comp for you. Ready for this? Sure. What would you guess RJ Barrett's uh, win share similarity score is at this point in his career? The number one similarity score. Is this all time or current? All time. This is gonna suck. I'm gonna He's go. Gonna hate this. Andrew. I'm gonna go. Let me say a guy who's averaging like over his career in the neighborhood of like eighteen and five. The strongest uh, similarity scores through three years. Who do you Mitch think? Mitch Richmond. Tyreek Evans. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond's a good guess. Tyreek Evans uh, is also a good guess. I'll give you a hint. Someone who's in the neighborhood is. Mookie Blaylock. Oh. Mookie. Colin Sexton is very close to him. Even with the rebounding? Even yeah. with the basketball reference? Yeah, this is basketball reference. I might I might look at that after. Yeah. Tony Douglas is the biggest similarity score for RJ Barrett through three years in the NBA. Tony Douglas. The combo guard out of Florida State. Florida State, yeah. Uh, Back in those Dan Tony years. The the best Tony Douglas story is that is like in a post game interview, they were asking like after a really good game, and he just comes out and says, "That's it. I just do what Tony Douglas do." (laughs) So, oh God, I remember that. Hold on. So speaking of that, by the way, that was his nickname. He was Tony. Tony do what Tony Douglas. Douglas do Douglas on posting it. Douglas. What also says that RJ's nickname is Broadway Barrett. Does anyone in New York call him Broadway no, Barrett? No, okay. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. That the only nicknames like, they get, like they tried to make the Maple Mamba thing stick. Yeah, like, that I was going to say, like they do, like the whole draft night thing where somebody will give him a nickname, and it's like you don't say it out loud, but you're just more like, oh, "Gosh, anyway, that sucks." Never say it again. Barrett and Anunoby, what like? Peak Barrett is what he really doesn't like. He's a, he's a very hmm. strong player. He's good at getting to his spots. He's good at driving to the rim. He's just not an athletic enough finisher that you want to be a primary scorer in Paul. And his shooting's getting worse. Like he's shooting, shooting worse from is, three it every goes, year. It goes like there there. He has stretches where he's a consistently close to forty percent shooter on pretty much wide open catch and shoot shots. But you don't want him creating like if you look at his percentages after one dribble when shooting a three, they're not good. Mm. Um, he is the weirdly enough like the leading scorer in the entire NBA from the right corner three points. <laughs> That's funny. That counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna guess left corner is like PJ Tucker still until we're just until he retires. I actually, I, I think the I, I think the thing with RJ is like okay, I best case scenario, his jump shot becomes a consistent weapon. And he improves his handle, and he becomes a better passer out of double teams. It's and a lot of improvements. His, and he gets a slightly better, and he gets up to like 60, 65% of finishing from the rim. I mean, he's only 22, so that's certainly possible. It's just you, we, there, there are like stretches of games, there are halves, there are quarters where you can go, oh, yeah, I see the path to, to RJ Barrett being an all star. But for four years, we've never gotten 
it's never been a consistent thing where you're like, okay, he, he has made a leap. He's really at this level now. Wait, we're so, waiting on the Knicks to do something? I don't know if it's going to happen. So that's well, do you think they I do would... something? Do you think that they do something? Yeah, I think they do. I, I think they Cam off. Reddish it feels like the one that, like, no matter what, and he's getting If made. nothing else, they'll, they'll figure it. They'll dump Cam for a second round pick. Um, Cam, man. The but second part of the Luca trade. The thing with the thing with RJ is that the question is might not ever happen. He might just be this guy who's doesn't really fit as a primary option and and whose secondary skills don't work with him. His defense has weirdly cratered the last year and a half. He was an excellent defensive player his second year when they went on that run in the bubble year, but or the post bubble year where they were playing a lot of the games without fans and. It's now he gets routinely flat-footed by guys and he gets beat off the dribble and he like loses track of uh, players cutting off the ball. He's been not good on defense. And he for him, the path to RJ Barrett being an all-star involves him being a plus defender, which mm. is possible. Like you get into all this conditionality. So like, well, okay, yeah, if this happens, this happens, this happens. And it's not like you don't ever see glimpses of it but it's never been something where you'd say, okay, I'm going to, it seems likely that that's where he's going. And so it's tough because he clearly tries very hard and he seems like a nice person. And so it's, yeah, the, the crotchety Knicks fan group chat that I'm in is not Mm. particularly hype on RJ. Let's leave it at that. So do they hate me? Do they listen to this pod? No. I was going to say, because they might hate me. I might be banned from New York after I basically just said that, you know, the pro teams there are just uh, boo-boo butt cheeks. A toxic waste fire, uh, an unending tire fire. Sure. No, they're fine with that. There's a lot oh, okay. of self-loathing cool. in this chat. They'll, they, they have no problem with that at all. Okay, good, good. Just just want them to know that is what they are. Well, a, there baseball. are great many criticisms of Obi Toppin having in a very high center of gravity keeping him from ever being great. That's <laughs> We get it. It gets a little phrenological at times in the group chat. Um, so yeah, he does have a is the best. Uh, not if chronological is the best policy. Screw yeah. honesty. Andrew, we'll yeah. end on this. The best NFL coaching hire to this point in the cycle is who? We look back five years from now. Who do you think we say got it? Got it the best. How many of these MFs are going to be around in five years? That's my question. Well, well, so Sean Payton's probably going to have to be. Sh- well, Man he- asked you a question. <laughs> I just, look, I don't know. I I would say D'Amico Ryans, but, you know, are, are the Texans just going to make it, are they going to make it a hat trick firing three black coaches in a row after one year? We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Indianapolis is going to hire Jeff Saturday because because no one else wants the job. Another owner who is way too much online. That man stay away from the Xanax. That's all I'm going to say. Right, 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 right. Like Denver won't hire Jim Harbaugh. Problematic owner is is clearly a sign that the player empowerment era has gone too far. Like, look, (laughs) come on, we still got an Ursay out here. Just, just grabbing people he likes off of tv and, and well like, and, and 
Denver wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh, but the problem is Jim Harbaugh doesn't know what he wants. He knows what he wants. He just doesn't want to actually admit it that he wants to go back to the uh, NFL. Well, I think it's more he didn't want Russell Wilson. I think he takes that Denver job if he does. No, 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 no. He, you know, he wants Russ. The problem is he already committed to – He's he didn't open the door to – you know, he didn't close the door. Mm. On NFL stuff, but when he made the statement, he's made, he made multiple statements in like the le- in like the first two weeks of the year, the first mm-hmm. weeks of January, I should say. And so he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be. Hey, I'm here at I, Michigan." I really have no idea why Harbaugh would leave Michigan. It seems like a pretty cushy. Well, he's not on speaking so terms, I don't think, with his AD, which is never oh, good. Yeah, that's Ooh, another. Oh, okay. That's yeah, that's something. Yeah, he that's had, another. He had a couple of years ago, and he still well, hasn't gotten that back yet. That yeah, that's like that's a that's a conversation. His OC um, just got fired for crimes. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I forget. Yeah. I, I haven't been up on the the, the college football message. No, you yet. need to read Pat Forty on SI on everything that's happened to Michigan football in like the last year. It's a yeah, wild it's, ride. Um, so essentially, he walked into the vice. So going back to last year. He walked into the Vikings job because the GM there was like head of college scouting when he was in San Francisco. So they've mm-hmm. had a great relationship. Jim Harbaugh walked in expecting to get hired. And when like halfway through the interview, it was like, so we're going through an actual interview process. And he was like, yeah. And it was like, Jim was like, I'm going back to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. he's never closed. He's never completely closed the door in the NFL. But the whole thing with Denver is he essentially closed. Like when he made that statement, like the week before Sean Payton got hired, mm. or maybe ten days, something like that. He kind of sort of. It was like he kind of closed the door, but he didn't. And mm. then it was like. I've, I dipped my foot in the pool a little too long in, in Michigan's pool a little too long. So it's like I can't take it out because I'm going to look bad regardless. So I don't think it was the fact that he didn't want – he wanted his – he wanted a, a certain type of quarterback. Mm. Because, Jim, you've wanted a certain type of quarterback for essentially since you had Colin Kaepernick – and you haven't found a good one since, so really shouldn't trust you there. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is for for Harbaugh and the whole NFL thing, that's not going away. Yeah. I'm surprised that Indianapolis and Jim Irsay were so stuck on Jeff Saturday. Like it doesn't surprise me, but it also surprises yeah, Jim me. Jim Harbaugh was a uh, was a quarterback. He was he was a quarterback mm-hmm. there. Him and Ursay, I believe, still have a pretty solid relationship. So that was my thinking, and it was just kind of like, okay, if you're bringing in all these guys for second interviews, like I believe Aaron Glenn, the DC in uh, Detroit, got a second interview, but they just hired Dre Bly as a secondaries coach. So I believe he and Aaron Glenn are boys. Yeah. So that's kind of like, hey. He was in North Carolina, wasn't he? Yep. He was yeah. at North Carolina. All-time and... great name, by the way. Great cornerback name, Trey oh, Bly. Yeah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, and so, like, he I won't say he got run out of Carolina, but um, shocker, 
uh, Matt Brown got lazy in recruiting. Well, I was going to say he got partnered with Gene Chizik and was like, all right, my number, like, uh, this is hurting my future job prospects being a part of this defense and being a part of the Gene Chizik defense. And and then when he became the guy, it was like, I have to inherit this mess. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, bye. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL eventually. Mm. But it's also just kind of like, okay, what is going to be the godfather offer that because and that's the thing about this round of uh of the coaching carousel mm-hmm. what job out there is like yeah i want that job this coaching carousel sucked here's what, <laughs> well no one wants the cardinals job we know that like the cardinals job no one wants to deal with the kyler stuff like well, clearly there is it, something it's, about it's, coaching yeah, kyler murray it's, it's, like, it's, there has to be some truth to the smoke about yes, the studying stuff there yes, has to be something the like kyler no one smoke, wants this job it's the kyler smoke and it's deandre hopkins basically saying yeah. screw this i'm out oh mm. and then jj watts retiring so it's like I, I, I believe Chandler Jones is still there. Might be. Yeah. Chandler uh, Jones is still there. So it's like, Baker is still there. Yeah. You've got pieces, but mm, you got an 85 Pinto with like <laughs> really cool interior. Bob, Yay. what was the last car you drove? I never drove a car. What? I do not know how to drive a car. Uh, probably the driver's ed car that I drove in driver's ed, but I started cutting the class to go to movies after like three or four. Where do they do driver's ed in New York City? Like, I, New York be, City. like, like on you're the on the hot, like you're like on the streets of New York yes. learning how to drive. Yes. That's insane. Yeah, that's an that's, insane way to learn how to drive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never driven a car. Huh. Legally at least. Uh, so, you know, the driver's ed stuff. Yeah. It just. I was growing up. I was a kid in the city. Andrew I and I can't relate. Like Midwest and Southern guy, like we was, couldn't admit. That was like, outside of the city, uh, and and all. And by the time I was old enough to drive, like everyone there had, like I knew enough people there who had cars, but I didn't yeah. need to get my car. Then I went back to New York City. Then uh, I lived in. Uh, then I was in Southeast Asia for stretches of time. Didn't need a car there. Then I was in Paris for two years. Didn't need a car there. And then I came back to New York City. Didn't even car there. There've been a bunch of reporting trips where it would have been useful for me to know how to drive. Mm. Sure, but I'm doing okay without it. And I, I, I think I may have reached the age limit for okay. It's time for you to learn now. I think that'd be fun though. I think you could write a whole. You, that's a blog. That is a blog. That, no, that's, if I've a, ever heard that's one. a. That's a. Yeah, I would say that's like a a long form series of Bob. Mm-hmm. In, in a driver's ed class at high and like a high school driver's ed I don't ed need class. to humiliate myself for content. No, no this I'm feels sorry. like a New York mag piece. I need you to submit. Yeah. This feels like a good New York mag yeah. series. And Again, then, and then, we, and then we, can Judd, we can have Judd Apatow. Obviates mm-hmm. the humiliate myself for content clause. I don't think and you're humiliating yourself. It's a whole Apatow process. do the movie and like subjecting myself to mockery for content. And you get mocked? Why is this mockery? We can have Judd Apatow do the movie in 2029. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's it, you know there is, it's called how I learned to drive too, but it's, so it's not about you know. <laughs> I don't see the problem Bob, with this. I Bob, think this is hey, a good block. We talked about capitalism earlier. Okay, mm. we did. We're, we we want to make money. We want to make money. So I, I, do, I it, do it. Like, uh, okay. Don't do it for science and don't do it for the art. Do it I'm for not the doing money. Doing it for tent. For content. Do it for the tent. No. That's 2023 slogan. Take the subway or maybe bike. I haven't really biked in a long time. Andrew, hold on. Let him cook. 
Did y'all see uh, that meme? So Andrew, where can we find uh, what you're working on these days? Hold on, what's this pick of the week? Yeah, Andrew, what's your pick of the week? What's your pick of the week? I don't even know what my pick of the week is. Um, I mean, there's there's a you know Super Bowl week coming up. Fine, whatever. Um, I it. look, just get to the game. Just get to the game. I don't care. Um, yeah, that's it. I have nothing. I like that. Um, Bob, your pick of the week. Uh, I, the, um, I've been watching. There's a, I'm trying to think it's a good pick of the week. We're in a bit of a, we're in a bit of a TV and movie entertainment desert right now. It could be a book or but, a blog. But, no, but, but we've got to wait for that, like that post Super Bowl trailer, you know. Well, where, we're getting Yellow Jackets getting... next month, which is. Mm. I still need to watch that. I've, I've been on the a, best show uh, going, always, I've been on an Always It's Sunny in Philadelphia rewatch. Always um, great. My goodness. I'm in season six, and the fact that I'm just like, these are some of the worst people. And honestly, that's why it's one of the best shows on TV. Are they, is it still on air? Did they find yeah, it? Yeah, no, they got it renewed for like four more years. They're going to do that show um, forever. I, I have a TV hot take if, if, mm. if I don't have a must-watch thing. Okay. Um, I would like to see um, the writers of SNL actually do funny live sketches with the black hosts um, because there's like a there, – there's – you're you're hitting the you're hitting below the Mendoza line, and you've been doing it for about six seven years. Are you really complaining about Saturday Night Live in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three? Wait a minute, you mean like every other um, adult generation yes. before you? Yes, yes. The Saturday Night Live is this: the best era for Saturday Night Live is when you were watching it at age fifteen to seventeen, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Saturday Night Live was good and funny when everyone was 14 years old. I've never watched a Saturday Night Live episode. You've never, never, never in my life. Not even when Kevin James was the host? No. Wow. Is Kevin James ever a host at Saturday Night Live? Yeah, oh, I was going to say he's had to be. Yeah, I would say he's had multiple hosting games. And I just missed him. He was in Knoxville. He's doing a stand-up tour. When he's not doing a movie with Adam Sandler? Hey. I mean, Adam that, Sandler, he, he that likes pays money. Buds. They pay you money for doing that. Just ask Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, it's like, hey, Jen, I'm bored. Oh, you're bored too? Okay, we'll stop it's being bored and rich. It's capitalism, baby. But also, yeah. Adam Sandler, the best gig where he's just like, if you're already in, you were friends with Adam Sandler 30 years ago, you were set for life. That guy takes yes, care of his people. Adam Sandler at NYU in 19, somewhere between 1988 in mm. 1990, you're his guy forever. You mm -hmm. will get the Rob Rob Schneider can do can post all kinds of insane things, and he's still got a role for that. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that Rob Schneider is Rob Schneider now, like it's kind of like, yeah, that's that that's about right. 
Rob Schneider is like one of those actors where it's like, I always think about, I think Will Leach had this where it's like, or Deadspin, maybe an AJ Delario. I don't remember years ago where it's like, this is why we're not supposed to like know anything about professional athletes. Like this, there <laughs> yes. was a better time where it's like, I don't need to know Rob Schneider's politics. I don't need to know like this much. We're, it's just in the, my brain that we know this was about a, Rob Schneider. There was Schneider. a really weird period during the sort of hashtag TCOT era on Twitter. Mm. So like when Breitbart was really ascendant in 2010, 2011, where there were a lot of, of obscure actors showing up <laughs> to vent their politics in Breitbart mm. blogs. Like Victoria Jackson had was, oh, was that's posting right. blogs for them. Yeah. They were they were really out there and bonkers. Mm. Uh, but, Michael yeah. Moriarty, funnily enough, who mm. played E.A. Stone on Law and Order, also was a Breitbart blogger and real just pure uncut tinfoil hat conspiracy stuff for Michael Moriarty. Like Robert Davi launched his second career as a conservative actor right around that time. So, okay, you've, you've read the SNL book, right? right uh, no, I have not. Okay, so like the SNL book, so like in the mid, like early 90s, like when, you know, they were really, really rolling, they basically kind of like had that renaissance of like, oh, we're just going to bury the unfunny people. And like pretty much everyone was like, yeah, Victoria Jackson, like Pam Dauber, like they were just kind of like, yeah, you guys kind of sort of stink and you guys ruin sketches. And it was just kind of like, I get why they aren't invited back. And I, and I also get why it's like Victoria Jackson writing for Breitbart guest columns seems pretty on brand. Breitbart guest columns. What a time. What a time. Uh, my pick of the week, uh, All the Pieces Matter by Jonathan Abrams. Almost done with that one. Breezing through that oh, this week. It? Yeah, it's very I good. Know. Very good. Love The Wire. And Abrams is great. I great still writer. I still need to uh, buy that book. It's a good one. I got it at McKay's uh, Used Books here in Knoxville. Great place nope. where. Good get... non Amazon purchase. Congrats. Thank Submit you. Points to you for that. Well, it's also great. Like, it's just a cool spot and there's just so many good deals. It's. It's a delight because there you can't find anything. Like I will, I love a good one where you just you you have to stumble through stuff and you're like, oh whoa, this is new. Why is this here? And it's just like it's it's chaos, but it's fun. Um, and it's significantly cheaper. You get three bucks. It's great. It's a good place. Uh, I've got a recommendation. I'm reading a really cool book uh, by someone who's a, f- a friend, uh, Isaac Butler's uh, The Method. Mm-hmm. It's a history mm-hmm. of method acting in the 20th century. Excellent book if you mm-hmm. find that stuff interesting. So there's my recommendation. I the like Method that. by yeah. Isaac Butler. Who also wrote, he wrote a really good, he wrote this book that him and uh, Dan Coy wrote this really good book, uh, The Oral History of the Play Angels in America, The World Only Turns Forward, for those of you interested in that sort of thing. But it's hmm. about, again, he writes really, it's a good, he's, a, he's a podcaster and the cultural critic in Slate, and he's an hmm. author who writes really good, insightful stuff about the acting. There you go. Andrew, anything to plug as we wrap up here tonight? Today? Uh, no, I will just say watch this space. There you go. I like it. Bob, Daily Beast. Nothing to plug. I'm just me. I'm plugging me, man. Don't define me by my labor. I'm a human being. <laughs> no, you're a content can be found machine. On Twitter it's all Sayed. about the tent in 2023. Mm-hmm. No, Damn no. It. Stop reducing me <laughs> to tent. <laughs> Don't make me quote the surplus value of labor theory. Come on. What? Never mind. 
Okay. Andrew Hammond, Bob Silverman, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you all next week. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, Mm -hmm. you're um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.